بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على سيد الرسل وخاتم الانبياء وعلى اله الاتقياء واصحابه الاصفياء اما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم انما المؤمنون اخوه فاصلحوا بين اخويكم واتقوا الله لعلكم ترحمون قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ان ابني هذا سيد ولعل الله ان يصلح به بين فئتين عظيمتين من المسلمين او كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم beloved brothers and elders all praise and thanks is due to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has blessed us with iman and islam and all praise and thanks is due to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has made us in the ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this program is part of the sahaba jalsa that is taking place countrywide and in many different countries the sahaba jalsa programs are taking place we make dua to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for acceptance and we extend our gratitude to the imam and the musallis of this masjid for allowing this program to take place when we mention the word sahaba then the question arises is that who is a sahaba or who are the sahaba radiyallahu anhum so we find a very very beautiful narration sayyiduna abdullah bin mas'ud radiyallahu anhu wa arda he explains and he introduces the sahaba to us he says man kana mustannan falyastan biman qad mat if anyone wants to take as a role model anyone who is looking to tread in the footsteps of of someone then let him tread in the footsteps of those who have passed on why fa inna al hayya la tu'manu alayhi al fitna because the loving they are not safe from fitna today a person he is mashallah in a good condition tomorrow he is in some other condition today somebody is in a bad condition tomorrow he is in some good con- uh, some good condition so the living they are not safe from fitna but those who have passed on they are now gone into the pleasure of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who should you follow ulaika ashabu muhammad they are the companions of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam why kanu afdal hadhihi al ummah they were the most virtuous of this ummah abarraha quluban they had the most pious of hearts wa a'maqaha ilma and they had the deepest amount of knowledge wa aqallaha takallufa they had the least amount of formality in their lives what was their special role in this ummah اختارهم الله لصحبه نبيه ولاقامه دينه الله سبحانه وتعالى chose them for the companionship of his nabi and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose them to, to to set up and to establish this deen فعرفوا لهم فضلهم so recognize their virtue for them واتبعوهم على اثرهم and follow in their footsteps وتمسكوا بما استطعتم من اخلاقهم وسيرهم and hold firmly hold firmly on to their ways of life and hold firmly on to their ways and their character why fa innahum kanu ala al huda mustaqim because they were the people who were upon the straight path 
They were the people who were guided for by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the companionship of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what and what didn't they do, and what and what didn't they sacrifice, so that you and I can sit in this part of the world and enjoy the deen of Islam. The Sahabi that is the focus of the program is the grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyiduna Hassan ibn Ali radiallahu anhumah. He is given the title or we laud him with this title of being the ambassador of truth, peace and unity. And we will explain why he deserves this particular title and this particular praise. Before we go into you know, the different aspects of his life, let us see a brief description of him, some of his qualities, what role he played in the ummah. And why is he called the ambassador of peace? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had great love for his grandchildren. It is something well known. Every common Muslim knows that. There are many many incidents that show the love that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had for his grandchildren. Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu narrates that I saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa on the member while Hassan ibn Ali was sitting on his side. Sometimes Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would look at the audience and sometimes he would look at Hassan radiallahu anhu. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then said that this grandson of mine he is a Sayyid. This is why we say Sayyiduna. Sayyiduna Hassan. For all the Sahaba, for all the family members of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we say this word Sayyid. And probably Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will use him to reconcile Two major groups of the Muslims. Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu reports that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he made dua. He made dua about Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu and he said, Oh Allah, I love him. So you should also love him and love the one who loves him. So we openly announce our love for all the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam our mahabba is there for them. The important thing that we ought to realize about these programs is that these are educational. We must understand the true image of who Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is, who the Sahaba are, who the Ahlul Bayt are, what each person's position is and give him that position that he deserves in the light of Quran and Hadith. If a person, he is not the owner of the shop, and now he goes around and he starts telling the people, I am the owner of the shop. Not only will the owner get cross, all the people will also get cross and tell him that no, you are speaking a lie. You know you are not the owner of the shop, you are just a worker there. So speak the truth, keep your position in its place. So if we can understand a worldly example that if you hold a certain position, you stick to your certain position and that's what you will tell people. The same way with every single person in our deen. Some of them have very very high positions. The Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam, Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasalam, very very lofty positions. So whatever is their position, we give it to them. If somebody wants to take and snatch that position away from him, or snatch that virtue from him, we will not allow it. Like how the owner of the shop won't allow that, empl- uh, that worker to go around telling everybody he's the owner, he's the owner. Similarly, 
we as Muslims, we have love for our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Sahaba, his family. So we won't allow people to come and tell us wrong things about our deen, wrong things about uh, the Sahaba, wrong things about the Ahlul Bayt. So the focus is what? That the person's true image, that must be embedded in our hearts and minds and this is what we will tell people. We will look at the authentic information that is established in Quran, Hadith and in, uh, we will look at authentic history reports. Why? Because there are people who claim to love Sayyiduna Hassan radiallahu anhu. There are people who claim to love Sayyiduna Hussein radiallahu anhu. But at the same time, they have nothing to do with Sayyiduna Hassan, nothing to do with Sayyiduna Hussein radiallahu anhumah. It is the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah who are the true lovers and true supporters of the Ahlul Bayt, the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When we say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad in every salat, what are we saying? Oh Allah, send peace and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We will teach it to our children. We will teach it in a madaris. We will teach it in a school. We will make sure that our children know that this is how you will recite salawat upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Isn't that love for the, for the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? When we will name our children Hassan and Hussein and Fatima and Zainab and Ruqiyah, what are we doing? We are telling people that these are the people you ought to follow. You name your children after those whom you love. So the grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, he was born in the year 3 after the Hijrah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lived for the 13 years of Nubuwa in Makkah Mukarramah and then migrated to Medina Munawwara and stayed there for the 10 years. In the 11th year he passed away. So in the third year in his life of Medina Munawwara, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, his grandson was born. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's joy knew no bounds at the birth of his grandson. He called out the adhan in the ears of, his, of, of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. On the seventh day after the birth, Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha, she shaved the baby's head and gave the equivalent of the hair's weight in silver as charity. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam applied perfume to the, to the head of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. One or two rams were sacrificed for him. This is known as the aqiqah and the baby's circumcision, yani the, uh, the khatna as we know it, that was arranged by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa All these practices are alive amongst us. We are the people, the Muslims, the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, will enliven the, the practices, the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa when a child is born in the home. Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu named him Harb. Harb means war. So Rasulullah he disagreed with this name and changed it to Hassan, meaning beautiful and handsome. And Rasulullah chose an honorable and noble name for him. And we should keep in mind that the name of a person has an effect on, on, the, on the character of the person itself. We should choose the most beautiful names for our children. Name our children after the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam. After the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. Giving beautiful positive meanings. And it should be easy and, and, and pleasant to hear. And this is what we will find amongst the names of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. It should be free from everything that is haram. Everything that is disliked, negative or questionable. Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. He lived in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he took bay'ah at the hands of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at a young age 
and Rasulullah molded his personality, taught him, and he he said on one occasion that why should I not show such love for them when they are my fragrant flowers? This is the words he used to describe Sayyiduna Hassan radiallahu anhu and Sayyiduna Hussein radiallahu anhuma. Let us look at his physical characteristics, his features. He was a handsome youth with a reddish white complexion and wide black eyes. He had flat cheeks and a thick beard. He had large joints and broad shoulders. He was neither tall nor short and he was the most, one of the most handsome of people with curly hair and a handsome body. Sayyiduna Anas radiallahu anhu said, There is no one who resembles Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa more than Hassan ibn Ali radiallahu anhumah. Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu anha, she would lovingly toss Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu into the air and, he would, and she would say, by my father, he resembles the Nabi and not Ali. This is the, the word she would use. And he lived in the, for the first seven years of his life in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He was fortunate to hear a hadith from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he transmitted a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also one of the famous hadith that come from Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu is da'ma yaribuk ila ma la yaribuk that anything that causes you doubt in your heart leave that abstain from doubtful things and choose that which is not doubtful because something that is free of doubt that creates tranquility in a person's heart and something that has falsehood in it it creates a uh, uh, uncertainty and it knocks at a person's heart when a person has iman he knows maybe something is wrong with us and he is happy when certain thing is is, is correct one Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu he took a date of sadaqah and placed it in his mouth Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa put his finger in his mouth and took it out and he said that, are you not aware that we are the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we do not eat from sadaqah so this shows us and it shows the father and the grandfather and the mother and the grandmother that this is the type of upbringing that we should be doing in our homes that we should be advising our children from when they are young about the, the teachings of deen, about the teachings of Islam so that they will grow up as strong, strong Muslims later on to develop a, the character of a child in Islam becomes very 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 difficult we have to mold, we have to mold a person as a Muslim to grow up as a strong Muslim and we must do the same with our children like how a person he will make sure when he plants a new tree he puts a stick with it and he ties a, a string around the stick uh, the tree and the stick so that he makes sure that the, the, the tree will grow up straight in the same way with us we ought to be there all the time at the side of our children guiding them showing them this is how you will perform salat this is how you will recite Quran this is how you will fast this is how you will perform Hajj. Our deen is transmitted from chest to chest, from teacher to student, from father to son, mother to daughter. A person can't learn deen from computers. A person can't learn deen from internet. You find that is why what is happening, people they just Google anything about deen and then they end up way and way, subhanAllah, practicing all kinds of strange things, believing all kinds of strange things. Who is feeding them all that information? Somebody he doesn't know, he's just getting it off his server. He doesn't understand this is something very, very important. 
Deen is an amanat. It has come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conveyed by Jibreel to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam conveyed by the Sahaba to generation after the generation to student, uh, a teacher to student till it has come down to us. A person when, he's, when he graduates is given a, a certificate to say that this, whatever you have learned has come directly from, from uh, teacher to student going right up to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So our deen is strong and resolute and firm. We don't take our deen from, uh, from, uh, from social media and we don't take our deen from all different uh, doubtful sources. We ought to look after our children like how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did. He would recite du'as for protection for Sayyidina Hassan and Sayyidina Hussain radiallahu anhuma. He would say, I seek protection in the perfect words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from every shaitan and vermin and from every evil eye. You know the evil eye, it affects people, it affects children, it affects people in different ways. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would recite and blow on, on, on Sayyidina Hassan and Sayyidina Hussain radiallahu anhuma. This is what we ought to be doing. Every parent, every uh, mother and father, what, how difficult is it? To, uh, to recite ayatul kursi, blow on our children and then we go to bed. Leave them with those words rather than the words of people. Nowadays you hear people falling asleep with music in their ears. Subhanallah, how you expect that person to wake up with, with strong iman in the morning? He was very very humble. Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu was very very humble. He had a great level of tawadu. He passed by once a group of destitute people who were eating very little food. They requested him to come and join Joined them in their meal and then he commented and he joined them and he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not love those who are proud. After he shared the meal with them, he invited them to his own house where he fed them, clothed them and gave them gifts. He was very very content. He taught us the meaning of contentment. Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu explained that whoever believes that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses for him is best for him. We should be happy with whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for us. So, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses for him is blessed for him. He would not choose to be in any other state other than what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for him. That is the proper definition of contentment, which is based on the acceptance of the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Happiness and contentment, but what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, this is one of the fruits that come out from loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the highest position of those who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So matter, no matter what halat we are in, sometimes we go through difficulty, sometimes we are in, in prosperity, whatever condition we are in, we should always remember that whatever halat comes upon me, this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always look upon those people who are lesser than us in terms of dunya. Subhanallah, look at so many people in different parts of the world. They, they cannot even afford this kind of comfort that we have sitting comfortably in the masjid. The masjid are being bombed. Subhanallah, they don't even have that sense of security that I can go out and perform salat. Subhanallah, we know it's happening. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us his great, great bounties. He was very, very modest. Very, very important quality, especially in this age of, we will call it the age of bihayai, of shamelessness, where due to his extreme modesty, he would not look at the ummahatul mu'minin. Yani the, 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 the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, his own grandmothers, without their, their hijab, That's, although it was permissible for him. So, uh, sometimes certain women in the home, it is also permissible for us to look at them. But we should, we should be 
modest about how we do things. We don't speak to people how we want to speak to. We don't speak to our grandmother like our person will speak to his wife. Person keeps each person in his in that category. He's not free and uh, like how he's, he, he can't go and speak to his grandmother, all different free things. So in the same way I understand that strange women, they are also the, the daughters of others. I can't just go and speak freely to them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not permitted that for me. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa narrated many ahadith in his favor. Once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa made the dua that Ya Allah, I love him, you love him, love all those who love him. Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, he says that there was no one more beloved to me than Hassan ibn Ali after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said this particular hadith. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he said that whoever loves Hassan and Hussein, he indeed he has loved me. And whoever hates them, he has hatred for me. Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu, he narrates that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said that Hassan and Hussein are the leaders of the youth of Jannah. Subhanallah, we hear the hadith. Most Fridays, Sayyidah, Shababi, Ahlul Jannah, they will be the leaders of the youth in Jannah. Now let us understand one very, very, very important point here. That the love that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had for the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Shia, they want everyone to believe and accept that there was enmity and hatred between the Sahaba and the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they want people to believe and say that the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they were deprived of their right to leadership and authority. Subhanallah. History and hadith show that this kind of idea and this kind of uh, beliefs that they have, number one, it is wrong, number two, it is misleading, number three, they come from fabricated history reports. We find nothing but love, honor and admiration from the Sahaba for the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now, who are the people who narrated the ahadith on the, on the virtues of the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? It is none other than the Sahaba. So, will I go around telling people about the virtues of somebody that I dislike? It doesn't make sense. So number one, the idea is wrong. Number two, it's misleading. Number three, it's based on fabrication. Number four, it's a total lie against, against Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu became the first Khalifa after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr anhu used to have great love for Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. Listen to this particular narration. It is mentioned that after, a few days after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, after leading the jama'at in Salat al-Asr, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he came out from the masjid walking with Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he saw Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu playing with some of the other youngsters. He was only seven, eight, nine, around around that age. So he picked him up, carried him on his shoulder, and he said that he is a a replica, a copy of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but he doesn't resemble his father Ali in the least. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu laughed at his comment. Clearly this shows that there was a loving relationship between Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhuma. Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu had a son later in his life and he named one of his sons Abu Bakr. So when you name your children after people whom you dislike, it's impossible. 
So the Sahaba had great love for one another. Similarly, Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu, he also had a son later in life, and he also named one of his sons Abu Bakr, he named one of his sons Umar, he named one of his sons Osman. So we find that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and the Ahlul Bayt, they were all one. There is no such a thing that there existed enmity and hatred between the Sahaba. This goes against the ayat of Quran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them in Surah Al-Fatah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, Walladheena ma'ahu ashiddaahu ala al-kuffari, ruhamahu baynahum, that they were merciful and loving amongst themselves. During the time of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, time and again, showed his great love for the grandsons of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu preferred the grandsons of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam even over his own son. When Madain was conquered, then wealth came pouring into Medina Munawara. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he gave Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu a thousand dirhams and he gave his own son Abdullah only five hundred. He would give three them with much greater honor and respect then he would treat even his own children. We must also remember one very, very important point that we will hear this year, very, very, it has been put in, uh, this, this poison has been put in the hearts and minds of people for very long. And let us understand all that which is incorrect, all that which is fabricated, let us take it out of our hearts and minds. Understand and realize that people have been fed lies by the Shia, they have been fed lies by historians, been fed lies by orientalists, fed lies by media. Understand, Sayyidina Hassan and Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhumah, they had a sister by the name of Umm Kulthum. When we hear the word Ahlul Bayt, you'll find, especially amongst the elderly, they will tell you that Ahlul Bayt means Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Fatima radiallahu anhumah, Ali radiallahu anhu, Hassan and Hussein. That is what you will hear. They call them the Panjshtani Park. And some people in, in the masjid, they put the five names there in front and all that. Subhanallah. So we ask the question, did where is the sister of Hassan and Hussein radiallahu anhumah gone? The reason why they have excluded her is because they cannot tolerate and they cannot stomach the fact that Umm Kulthum, the daughter of Ali radiallahu anhu, was the wife of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. Out of the great hatred for Sayyidina Umar, this is how they will disgrace the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask the question, that where is the mother of Fatima radiallahu anha gone? How can you say that she is not part of the Ahlul Bayt? When you say only just five names, where is, where is Khadija radiallahu anha? How can you, if somebody must come and tell you and I, that you know what, that woman in your house, she is not part of your household. So what we do? We'll go and show him the nikah certificate or give him one. What we'll do? But this is exactly what they have done. They have excluded Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha from being part of the household of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We can't accept it for ourselves. How can you accept something like that for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Understand the poison. You see, it's a very, very terrible poison. Similarly, Fatima radiallahu anha had three sisters. Zainab, Ruqayya, Umm Kulthum. Why, why, why did... Why were they excluded? When people say only these five are Ahlul Bayt, so where is all the others gone? Subhanallah, somebody, we got two, three children, somebody will say, you know, only that one is your son, the other one, I don't know, what, we, what we'll do to the person? How can we accept that people are saying things like this about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu? You see how deep this poison runs. So all this falsehood, 
we work and take it out of our hearts and minds and we inform other people that no brother you are misguided this cannot be the case you we love all for uh, I'll give you another example who who they have thrown out of being part of the household of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam sayyidina hamza radhiyallahu anhu sayyidina abbas radhiyallahu anhu sayyida safiya radhiyallahu anha the aunt of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam we we know that the father's brother is is somebody that relatively in our circles is somebody is close to us Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu anhu is the is the the, the 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 brother of the father of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How come they don't take his name and say he's part of the Ahlul Bayt? You see the deception. So many things Shia, many things people who are misguided they put in front of you. They cover it very very nicely with a gift wrap and a bow and everything, and then we just follow it without understanding and realizing how terrible this this kind of idea is. So these are some of the things that we ought to clear. from our from our minds the falsehood that has been that has been put there in our in in our in our heads when we look at the time of sayyidina uthman radhiyallahu anhu then some some narrations mention that sayyidina hasan radhiyallahu anhu he was carried away from the house of sayyidina uthman radhiyallahu anhu in a wounded state because he was fighting against the rebels that came to now overthrow and kill sayyidina usman radhiyallahu anhu he put himself in right in the in the front line to defend the life of sayyidina usman radhiyallahu anhu so what does this mean it means that they, they accepted they put their hands in the hands of sayyidina abubakar sayyidina umar sayyidina usman radhiyallahu anhum and they accepted them as the khulafa sayyidina hasan radhiyallahu anhu together with some of the members of sayyidina usman radhiyallahu anhu's household and the other sahaba they went and they took the body of sayyidina usman radhiyallahu anhu they took it out of the house at night they went to a garden outside baqi and they performed the salatul janaza and they buried him he was part of the burial of sayyidina usman radhiyallahu anhu wa arda ali radhiyallahu anhu he became the khalifa after sayyidina usman radhiyallahu anhu and the, the, the incident of the martyrdom of sayyidina ali radhiyallahu anhu is relatively well known a person by the name of Ibn Muljim he came and he struck Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu anhu a fatal blow on the 17th of Ramadan the year 40 after the Hijrah and the people then came to him and asked him that we can see that your demise is imminent you will die from this wound so they asked him that if you pass away should we give our bay'ah to Hasan radiyallahu anhu so Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu anhu he said I do not command you or instruct you to take bay'ah at his hands and i am not stopping you also i am not commanding you and i am not stopping you you should do what is most appropriate and he also said i leave you like how rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam left you that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam didn't appoint any khalifa this was done with the consensus of the muslims so if allah subhanahu wa ta'ala desires good for you he will unite you on the best of you just as he united you on the best of you after rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam with reference to sayyidina abu bakr radhiyallahu anhu So this statement of Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu anhu shows us that he himself yani Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu anhu he believed that it was the right of the ummah to choose the khalifa in accordance to the belief of the ahlu sunnah and contrary totally contrary to the false ideology of the Shia who they say equate the position of people after Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam they equate the position to that of nubuwa 
We believe that after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa there was Khilafat, Abu Bakr, Umar, Usman, and Ali radiallahu anhu. The Khilafat, Rashida, after that there was kingship in the Ummah. But the Shia, they say that there was no such a thing. They believe in Imamat. Now, let us understand properly. When they say Imamat, what it means? It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appointed the person. They say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has appointed the person. According to them, the first person that was appointed was Ali, then was Sayyidina Hassan, then was Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu going down. So, where, 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 where is this found in the Quran and the Hadith? So we ask them, where is this found in the Quran? It's not there in the Quran and the Hadith. It's not, there's no such a thing. So they fabricated history reports and put this in our history books and they fabricated lies and they fabricated hadith and they filled that in their books to try and prove the so-called position of imamat. But there was no such a thing in ever that existed in Islam. All these ideologies and fabrications were started by a person by the name of Abdullah bin Sabah. He was a Jew from Yemen who had came and he embraced Islam outwardly and inwardly he was now working to break the foundations of deen. So he would go around feeding people all these false ideologies. So we ask the question that is it Sayyidina Ali uh, is it us? Is it us the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah who is showing love and honor and respect for Ahlul Bayt or is it the Shia who are, who are now totally misguided the followers of uh, Abdullah bin Sabah. This is a question we ought to ask ourselves because many times you find people, the Shia will throw lies in front of us and now people start having doubts. Subhanallah, you cannot have doubt about your deen. Our deen is resolute. When lies from Jews are fed to us, how can we accept it? Somebody comes and lies to us about our son and daughter. Somebody comes and lies to us about something in our life. We don't accept it. So how can we accept somebody coming and, and feeding us lies about our deen? The, the, the public, they gave their, their bay'ah to Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu after the matter of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu and he began his role as the Khalifa. He ruled, and he ruled the Ummah as the Khalifa for about seven months. Now, there was a dispute that arose between Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu and Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu. The people of Sham were on the side of Muawiyah radiallahu anhu People of Hijaz and other areas were uh, supporters of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, he wanted to avoid all infighting. He wanted to bring the Ummah together once again and unite them at all costs. This is what we said right in the beginning. He was the ambassador of unity. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to unite two great groups of Muslims by means of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. He was the Khalifa of the Muslim world. And he was in a position of power. Yet, he showed his lack that he didn't have interest and desire for worldly power. He stepped down from a position of authority and power and he reconciled all the Muslim parties and he handed the Khilafat over to Sayyidina Muawiyah we find that one, one of the great ulama, he explained that this reconciliation 
that Sayyiduna Hassan radiallahu anhu did what Sayyiduna Muawiyah radiallahu anhu and he's sparing the blood of the Muslims is like Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu anhu is collecting the Quran and Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is fighting the, the apostate armies. Allahu Akbar. Such a great feat he had, he had done. If you ask any president today, we can ask ourselves in our own country, who's, who's willing to step down from a position of authority and power and hand it over to somebody else, avoiding all bloodshed, avoiding all, um, all trouble or any, any, any issue that might arise, and to create peace in the Ummah, giving up power to create peace in the Ummah is something very, 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 very great. After the, the peace treaty that had occurred between Sayyidina Hassan and Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhuma, we find that the Ummah was united once again. The year that they united was called Amul Jama'ah. This became a very, very famous year in Islamic history and now the doors of Jihad opened again. Now the Muslims started going again into other lands. Now there was peace in the Ummah and Islam was spreading very, very, very fast. And we find that Shia scholars themselves, they say, they have mentioned the book is the name, the name of the book is Shia, by a scholar by the name of Taba Tabai. He explains that the worst period of the history of the Shia was during the time of Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, because he had a full grip over the Shia and they couldn't uh, cause any uh, uh, upheaval and turmoil again in a Muslim world. This is why they direct so much hatred towards him, him and his family, and the rest of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, is because he had a full control over. For 20 years, he ruled the Muslim ummah in peace and unity. Subhanallah, there was amongst all the Sahaba and the Muslims at the time. Similarly, in the hadith where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that he is going to, by means of him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to unite two big groups of Muslims. It shows us that all these groups that had united were all Muslims and thus it throws away the ideology of the Shia and Khawarij because they say that no, that na'udhu billah, na'udhu billah, Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, the Sahaba they did not accept Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. They are now disbelievers because they didn't accept the Khilafat of Sayyidina Hassan, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, and so on. Now, from this year, from this particular point, we understand that the entire building, the entire building of Shiism will crumble to the ground. The, the fact is that if this appointment of the Imam was something that was divine, then why is it that Sayyidina Hassan gave it up to Muawiyah? That means either he disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the Shia misguided. So we know which one is the, which one is the right answer. Is the Shia who, who are misguided. Similarly, Sayyidina Hussain he also gave the bay'ah to Sayyidina Muawiyah. So again, you ask them the question. Either Sayyidina Hussain he did something wrong, sinful, but that goes against their belief because they believe that their Imam is infallible. So, either he was sinful or it means that the Shia have made up their own religion. So they have their own religion and they have nothing to do with Islam. The main condition of the peace treaty between Sayyidina Hassan and Sayyidina Muawiyah was that Sayyidina Muawiyah will rule according to the Quran, Hadith, 
and in accordance to the ways of the Khulafai Rashidin uh, uh, before him. He worked very very hard to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person walks away from authority and power, it's not something very very small. And it was this grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that it was probably the greatest achievement of his life. He was faced with severe criticism from the people who claimed to be his supporters. There were people from Iraq and other areas. They claimed to love him and claimed to give him this position of uh, 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 imamat, meaning the Shia of the time. But what they did to him, they criticized him, ridiculed him, insulted him, and even went and looted his possession and stabbed him. This is what the Shia did to Sayyiduna Hassan radiallahu anhu, anhu arda. So we find that the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we are in harmony with what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said. And we say emphatically that Sayyiduna Hassan radiallahu anhu, was, he was correct, he was accurate in his judgment, he was praiseworthy, he was rightly guided, he deserves praise for his accomplishments. So we will lord the praises upon them, upon the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa in the masajid. So we tell the Shia that, see, we are, we are the true lovers of Ahlul Bayt, the true lovers of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. So just like how we openly state our love for all the Sahaba and all the Ahlul Bayt, must also come and sit in our Sahaba Jalsas and also lord the praises of the Sahaba and also lord the praises of, of, of the Ahlul Bayt. So Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, he was faced with a very very delicate situation to take what pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or to take what pleases society. But he took what pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he said that uh, he, he said that uh, he has a firm determination to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so similarly we should do the right thing in the proper way with the correct intention no matter what the society will tell us the society will tell us no your beard is something that is unhygienic your parda is oppressing women this is what your deen is teaching you. So no matter what the society says, we will re- remember the statement, Al-Ar khayrun min al-Nar. Al-Ar khayrun min al-Nar. That to be ashamed for a little while, that is better than the fire of hell. That is a, uh, a, a, a statement in Arabic, a proverb in Arabic. We will look at some of the, the ibadat of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, that he would immerse himself in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after fajr, on a daily basis, he performed Hajj 25 times on foot, and he would go. He would tell the people, "I feel ashamed that I am presenting myself before Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and I do not go walking." So these are some of the, uh, the, 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 the descriptions of Sayyidina Hassan radiAllahu Anhu that we have com- coming from the authentic history reports, coming from the Hadith, Kutub, etc. Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu, he once saw a dream that Qul Allah wa Ahad was written on his forehead. So he, he became very happy and news of this dream came to a great person by the name of Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib rahimahullah. And he said, and he said that if he has seen this, that it means that he has very little time left in this world. And we find that he was poisoned several times and the last occasion that he was poisoned, it was lethal and uh, he had passed away by poisoning. I just want to give you one, one 
one, one uh, fact to think about that it was a Jewish lady in Medina Munawwara that had put poison in a food and tried to feed that to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu was poisoned. Similarly, poison was put on the, on the, on the sword to stab Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And eight of the family members of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa whom the Shia take to be the Imams, eight out of the, the twelve so-called Imams that they believe in, were poisoned. So where has this practice of poisoning the family of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa come from? Before he passed away, uh, like Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu told him, that, tell us who is the culprit, we will take him to task. So Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu said that if the one who, I, who did this is the one whom I think it is, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's vengeance will be stronger. And if it is not him, then I don't want an innocent person to be killed on my account. So even Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu himself, he had no knowledge of the unseen. He didn't mention who is the person who had poisoned him. So what right does that give to the Shia? who accuse Sayyidina Muawiyah, they accuse, Sayyid, uh, they accuse uh, his son Yazid of now uh, being involved in a plot to kill Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. This is nothing but, the, uh, but, but falsehood. He had passed away around the year 50 after the Hijrah at the age of 47. And Sayyidina Sa'id ibn al-As radiallahu anhu, the governor of Medina Manura, he led the Salatul Janazah at the request of Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu was buried in the Baqi, Jannatul Baqi. One person of the time, he said that I saw Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu standing by the door of the Masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day that Sayyidina Hassan passed away. He was crying and he announced at the top of his voice that, O oh people, today the beloved of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has passed away, so you should weep. The view of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah regarding the Ahlul Bayt and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. We love all of them and we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them and has mercy upon them. We recognize their virtues. We acknowledge their seniority in this Ummah and we will tell people about their good character. The Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we do not regard it as permissible to discuss any of the disputes that arose amongst the Sahaba except in a manner that befits their high status. It is our belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised the Sahaba forgiveness, assured them Jannah, announced His pleasure for them. It is our duty to make dua for them and defend their honor when their reputation is attacked. So this is, this is a, a sketch of the life of Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu anhu. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fills our heart with love for them, that our reverence for Sayyidina Hassan, Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhuma, we take inspiration from their lives, from their accomplishments, their actions, and we will imitate them as best as we can. And we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite us in Jannah with all of them. Let us understand one thing, that in our deen, you see you have the actions of the, of the limbs and the actions of the heart. The actions of the heart are different from the actions of the limb, from the limbs. A person will hold things, a person will perform salat using his hands, his outer, outer limbs. But the heart also does actions. The heart loves, the heart hates, the heart has jealousy, the heart has malice. The heart has different qualities within it. And just as a person will be rewarded or given retribution for the, for the actions that he does with his limbs, 
in the same way the actions of the heart will also be rewarded and retribution will also be given for that. In this day and age, Muslims, we, we know we are very weak. We know. We don't perform our salat like how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to perform our salat. Every person can look in his own heart and he can see. He knows what is his own condition and status. He can take his own account. How is my salat? How is my tilawat? How is my dua? How is my dhikr? How is my fasting? Every person can take his own account. But one thing that, we, that is, will give us great hope, great hope, is that when we have love in our hearts for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa his family, the Sahaba, then the promise for that action of having love for them and spreading this love for them is that Al-Mar'u ma'aman ahabba. A person will be with whom he loves on the day of Qiyamah. So we will have this love in our hearts for them and we will teach our children have the love for the Sahaba in your hearts also so that on the day of Qiyamah we will be with them, we will be raised with them. It's a very, very terrible thing. A person can be in a masjid performing salat but his heart is full of the love of soccer players, full of the love of cricket players, full of the love of movie stars. On the day of Qiyamah, based on the action of love for them, a person can think who he wants to be raised with. We are, we are Muslim. Understand where our love must be, where our hate must be, where, how you should be in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we can examine our own hearts and see. Study now, build up our love for the for the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all with tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Allahum salli ala sayyidina wa ala muhammadu ala ala sayyidina wa ala muhammadin bi'ala di kulli dharrati man famarra ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفرنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى وجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتم علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم اغفر لنا ولوالدينا ولأساتذتنا ولمشايخنا ولسائر المسلمين والمسلمات اللهم اغفر المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات اللهم أصلح أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله اللهم ارحم امة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن امة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اكرمنا ولا تهنا اللهم اثرنا ولا تؤثر علينا اللهم ارضنا وارض عنا اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد بعدد كل ذرة من فمر سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين